Our sermon this morning is from the Reverend Bill Rankin, who couldn't be here to offer it himself because he is recovering from an illness, but he shares these words with us. Today's gospel from the 14th chapter of John is a portion of the so-called farewell discourses, since it contains Jesus' last words immediately preceding his arrest, trial, conviction, and execution. The passage at hand records Jesus' description of the consequences of his leaving the disciples, his promise that where he is going, he will prepare a place for them, and his promise that for the remainder of their earthly lives, they will have the Holy Spirit of God to help them, especially in times of difficulty. There happens to be no other location in the biblical material that specifies what the role, the the function of the divine spirit is. This is the only formal teaching about the spirit anywhere in the Bible. It is edifying and reassuring. The divine spirit is here called a paraclete, a transliteration of parakletos, in the original Greek, which is a term taken from the language of law courts, referring to a legal advocate, a family attorney, so to say. Such a figure accomplishes three things. First, to teach and remind Jesus' followers after his departure who Jesus was and is, and what he taught and teaches. Second, who reassures, comforts, and consoles his followers in any time of sadness, confusion, or suffering. And third, who upbuilds the Christian community in loving and peace-building after the historical Jesus is gone from the earth. I'd simply like to remind us of our need for such assistance at least upon occasion, as expressed in one of my favorite passages from literature, the final page of Alan Patton's hauntingly beautiful book, Cry, the Beloved Country. As many know, this is about South Africa during the apartheid era. It centers upon an African pastor, Stephen Kamalo, and his son, Absalom. At the story's end, Absalom is in the custody of South African police and faces execution at dawn. This is a quote from the book. When the pastor woke again, there was a faint change in the east, and he looked at his watch almost with a panic. But it was four o'clock, and he was reassured. And now it was time to be awake, for it might be they had wakened his son and called him to make ready. He left his place and could hardly stand, for his feet were cold and numb. He found another place where he could look to the east, and if it was true what people said, when the sun came up over the rim, it would be done. He had heard that they could eat what they wished 
on a morning like this. Strange that a man should ask for food at such a time. Did the body hunger, driven by some deep, dark power that did not know it must die? Is the boy quiet, and does he dress quietly, and does he think of Dutcheny now? Do tears come into his eyes, and does he wipe them away and stand up like a man? Does he say, I will not eat any food, I will pray? Is Samangu there with him, or Father Vincent, or some other priest whose duty it is to comfort and strengthen him, for he is afraid of the hanging? Does he repent him, or is there only room for his fear? Is there nothing that can be done now? Is there not an angel that comes here and cries, This is for God, not for man. Come, child, come with me. He looked out of his clouded eyes at the faint, steady lightning in the east. But he calmed himself and took out the heavy maize cakes and the tea and put them upon a stone. And he gave thanks and broke the cakes and ate them and drank of the tea. Then he gave himself over to deep and earnest prayer. And after each petition, he raised his eyes and looked to the east. And the east lightened and lightened till he knew that the time was not far off. And when he expected it, he rose to his feet and took off his hand hat and laid it down on the earth and clasped his hands before him and while he stood there the sun rose in the east end quote it may be merciful that many of us do not know what we may have to endure at some future moment but jesus anticipated our needs during such a time and promised us the presence of the Divine Spirit, the Plerichite, to teach and remind us of the loving and caring God and his Christ, to impart to us courage and consolation, and to fortify the love, concern, and burden-sharing of the Christian community for all people in their times of trial, as it is written in the 14th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. 